Welcome to Opinions Like A-Holes, everybody, your favorite pop culture podcast where we have opinions and most of them stink. My name is Michael Zampino. With me, as always, is Hilton Price. So, like, immediately before you hit record, I was uh, rapping a little ski-lo, uh, and then uh, you said too short, but that's not too short. That was, it's not that too was, short. That was ski-lo. But the idea of being too short he made was me too think short. of I wish, uh, I, was a I, wish I was taller. Uh, and yesterday at work, uh, I was rapping a little Montel Williams, because uh, this is how we do it. Uh, and so, really, this has been '90s rap rewind week. Wait, was that me. Montel Jordan? Montel Jordan. Montel Williams was the talk show host. Was the talk show host? Because we, I did posit to my boss, um, a friend of the show, Lacey Applegate, that our um, uh, that Montel Jordan may have uh, transitioned his rap career into a talk show host career. Oh, have we ever seen Williams and Jordan in the same room? Exactly. This is a Bruce Wayne Batman situation. Do you know the Thunder have two players named Jalen Williams? That's Weird. <laughs> and they're spelled differently, luckily. Thank God. Uh, Is it like Jalen with an E and Jalen with a Y? It's uh, J-A-Y-L-I-N and yeah. uh, J-A-L-E-N. Okay. Uh, or, so I, I was believe. not I was not wrong. One does have a Y, one does have an E, just not in the places you would think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You only have like, like uh, you only play with like 13 guys on an NBA roster. I'm, thank and, you for remembering that I won't know basic facts. And about they have three sports. players with the last name Williams. Well, that's <laughs> and it. And two of them have the same first name, and that's fucking wild to me. Let's introduce our guest so we can mm -hmm. get him in on His last name is not Williams. It's close. It is close. Yeah. It is Willett. Jesse Willett on the show. Welcome. Yeah, is it Willett or Willett? Uh, Willett. Will Willett. Oh, that's not even close. Yeah, no, I not, was wrong. I'm, if you I'm, will it, it will come. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm more I'm more worried about people spelling it right because it's either it will leave out an L or a T. You got you got double both right. Yep. Two double L's and double two T. T's. I'm glad for that. Uh, J A and, double L I double T. <laughs> I was doing a <laughs> doing a Jeff Jarrett thing, but the, right you don't know who that is. I J E double F J A double R E double T. Is he one of the rules to professional basketball? No, he was a uh, professional uh, wrestler. Yeah, oh, okay. he took a Kurt Angle's woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't seem nice at it's all. It's not nice to do that. You shouldn't take anybody's. Don't take another man's woman. <laughs> yeah. Not that they're property that can be taken. He took, but yeah, he took exactly. his woman, his belt, and his king of the ring title. Fuck, took <laughs> his wow. job, took his, <laughs> Damn. Took his dog. Took his <laughs> yeah. Took the pool out of his backyard. It was fucked up. It's uh, You didn't. You take and you take and you take. Um, I was almost singing Hamilton there for a minute. <laughs> take till you can't take no more. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Girl, I'm gonna make you take. I'm take actually till you can't take no more. That's gross. It, yeah, that's. I don't <laughs> but know. you know what? The original is kind of gross too because he says sweat. I'm gonna make you sweat until you can't sweat no more. Oh, that's just that's a promise, you know. He's, also, I'm pretty sure if you sweat to the point of you can't sweat anymore, that means you have passed. Yeah, that's yeah that that's yeah that means, you are you're now dead. Yeah. <laughs> Dehydration to the point of danger. Uh, really, uh, you mentioned uh, the spelling of your last name. I actually got lucky. You pointed that out, I think, on on social media a couple weeks back, uh, right as I was working on the poster for the Starlight Show. Because oh, you yeah. went and performed to Starlight. Was it in December? The uh, December show? Uh, yes, it was. He and, saved uh, you from yeah from fucking and, up. And, well, and I I normally double check, but just to be sure, I did double check, and sure enough, I only had one T on your name at that point. So. Yeah. So you know, actually, that's a lost art, Hilton, double-checking. Uh, it is yeah. very much. Uh, uh, First-checking to is the not point, even I was going to say, to the point where, like, I'm seeing grammar and misspelling mistakes in, like, the fucking Washington Post and shit. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, yeah. you have editors. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> well, for me, uh, like, so I've been drawing now, and, like, I've been trying to make custom ads whenever I can. And Peter Bedgood, like, he cranks, he cranks at least three of these out a week. And I'm yeah. like... 
I, I like I, I made one to promoting Mac Taylor's talent. Tuesday, that was great. I saw that. And I and I put uh I put the wrong uh I thought it was the shrine and Brett okay. Jeffries responded, she commented saying, um, no, it's four seven three, and I'm like, no, it's oh. impossible, Brett. Like I, I swear, <laughs> it was eight p.m. Right? <laughs> I was like, oh, also, shit. that's not like, a time. That's uh, yeah. do you mean five thirteen? Uh, Seventy three yeah. is not a time. But like, my dad is like, thank God I didn't draw that on the. I'd be <laughs> look like a, like right. this I can fix. Well, and it's 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 so funny how the brain does that. Where when you it kind of locks in an answer and doesn't doubt it. Mm-hmm. So you were working thinking, oh, it's at the shrine. There was no doubt. Yeah. You had the answer already. So you're not going to double check because you think you know. Yeah. I knew that you spelled your last name W-I-L-L-E-T. I knew it, but nope. I know it. You didn't know it. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's, it's, it's a weird thing to remember that you have to question the stuff you don't think to question. Yeah, and that's what, and you view it as like a, a self insult to yourself. Like I'm good, I'm perfect. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> See, yeah, I've, yeah. Just, uh, I've taken the approach of defaulting to not trusting my own memory. Right. So I default to, oh, you need to double check because you're dumb. And it's it, it's it's not a, a put down. I mean, it, no, it's not at all. It's just I I know my limitations. I know yeah. like there's certain things that I, I you know like um I know I'm really good at remembering certain things. Like um I'm really good with like little numbers things. Like at work, I'll remember fucking invoice numbers and shit like that. You know what I mean? But like I'm bad with names. Uh, sometimes I'll remember mm-hmm. specifics of how I met somebody, but can't remember their name, and that's super frustrating. Where well, you're like, I know how I know you, where I met you, why I know you, who I met you oh, through, yeah. but your name fucking gone to me. Well, yeah. think um, that- and then like we said earlier, like trying to nail down dates, fucking forget about it. Exactly. If you were like, when did you work at Brothers Hooligan? I'd be like, somewhere between 1981 and now. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and it's nice, you know, like uh, I've gotten to know you, Jesse, over the last like year, year and a half as yeah. I've gotten uh, back out doing a little more comedy, catching up with you at open mics and yep. stuff like that. And and part of that, though, too, is that you and I have been going to a lot of the same mics. Yeah. You know, I've seen you Cellar Dweller Sunday nights, of course, is a given in this town, right? Now. Yeah. Um, and the... um. Uh, and, and, and you've been you've been a, a hell of a supporter on the scene. Uh, I see you at so many shows that you're not even on. You yeah. Know, but that's a, a a benefit for us because there's a couple other comics who I may see once or twice, and mm-hmm. I meet them, and you want to get to know them, but just it just doesn't click. Yeah. So that's the people like you're talking about, Sam. Where I see him once or twice at maybe at, at Cellar Dweller or at Starlight mm-hmm. or at Hunt Club, and then I just don't see him for eight months. I'm like, oh, I know you. You were real funny, and your name could be fucking anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it, I try to like pay it forward because uh, my first showcase, like I didn't realize how many people were gonna turn up for that, and, and like we packed cellar out. I mean, it, they they had a Friday night sale on a Sunday. Over my dumbass, and I've only been doing it for like a month, month and a half at wow. the time. Like Zahav, the first night I met Zahava was that night, and she came up to me. And she's like, "Who the fuck are you?" I'm like, uh, "I'm Jesse. How are you doing?" And uh, I was like, "Thinking maybe I, exp- I didn't know who she was." So I was like, "Hey, you're kind of cute." And then uh, right? she's like, "How long have you been doing this?" My like, month and a half. She's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> but um, not, it's a very not, Zahava reaction. It's it's, it's very it's more or less for me to learn from uh, other people because it's like like throughout a anything i've done you, you have a good toolbox bad toolbox method where like you see somebody do something it's like okay well, i'm not gonna do that and then it's like okay that guy's got his shit together what is he doing that i'm capable of doing and it's like that's why i try to like i try to see different people because like I, I 
a lot of us get bored of seeing the same comics because you get to the point where you know there's you could do their set. You've seen them so many times. Exactly. And if you keep going to the same venues and following the same kind of corner of the community, you will see a lot of the yeah. same folks come up because it's very easy to book the people you work with before. Yeah. It creates a you know people always talk about booking your friends and that is a problem and that's definitely an issue that kind of nepotism. But there's also just the the familiarity. Yeah. It's easy to book someone you know you worked well with six months ago than it is to take chances on newer people. Well, and it's also really hard to, to take your own um, sort of uh, preferences in you, you, not necessarily on purpose, but you might involuntarily start booking the same sort of not necessarily genre, but type of comedian, because that's the type of comedy that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so the type of comedy that you don't necessarily enjoy, you might involuntarily be cutting out of your shows, not realizing that there's a market for that too. Um, and that's part of why I will never put shows together um, because I don't want to book comedians that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but, no, but, it's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but it's like, it's part of the whole thing with putting together it. shows is like, you know, if you're, if you're not capable of taking that out, then you really shouldn't be putting shows together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if you, you know, and I was capable of recognizing that like there's certain styles of comedy that I'm not into. And while I might not be trying to cut that out of the show, I was sort of involuntarily just, well, this is who I thought was f the funniest and going to put on the best show, Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, it's, it's fucking tough. And that's why putting together shows is the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it, it is a really challenging thing. And, and that's something I really had to get out of my own head with after like the first year of doing the starlight show was that we had to make sure, cause the first thing we were doing was we were making sure that if we book talent, we were booking the best possible talent we could find. Funny. Yeah. And I had to realize about six months or so in that that meant learning what was good beyond my taste. Yeah. So I started finding, kind of building yeah, a little network too. of Ooh, people. Exactly. Uh, build a network of people that I could turn to and be like, hey, who are your top fives in town right now? And when you they learn were, which of your friends likes the comedy you don't like, and you go, hey, do you like this? <laughs> well, well, I would go to people that I knew had different tastes for me, and I'd say, who are your favorites in town? Ah. And, and they would give me five or six names, and sure enough, three of them were comics. I was like, really? That's, they're not my favorite at all. But and realize that it doesn't mean that they're bad. It no. just means that I'm not into it. That's the thing about yeah. comedy. Yeah, and and I, what, what the, my biggest frustration with promoters, which what part of why I really enjoyed uh, the Starlight Showcase because you didn't have eight comics on one night. Yeah, that like you've got to get like if I was to do it down there like at five at the max. This listen, the comedy clubs they do a three comedy. The, a three comedian structure for a reason because it works. Yeah, yeah. You have you have one that's the host and they open the show and they do a short set. Then you have a feature that does a slightly longer set. Then you have your headliner that does forty five to an hour. Well, yeah. there's a reason that works. Yeah, well, it's like I I wouldn't I it doesn't matter if you book Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. The point is like after an hour of of sitting through stand up comedy, people are gonna want to get up, go use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. They're gonna want to go. You get, have ninety minutes tops. Yeah, they're gonna want to go do other shit. Yeah, yeah. you got you got ninety minutes. You have a ninety minute window for a comedy show. If it's longer than ninety minutes, you fucked up. Um, yeah. And in that ninety minutes, you, like you said, you're trying to keep them past that hour. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. um, and especially if you got a headliner that's doing an hour, you've got thirty minutes to work with. Yeah, uh, and if you're trying to cram a bunch of comedians in that that time slot, it's never going to work because however much time you think it takes in between comedians, it was the same thing that would happen with bands. Like, but you know, when I was a musician and I was touring around, I mean, touring, 
say that loosely, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, you would do these, like, uh, you do a festival, right? Yep. And, um, and these, uh, the bigger ones like the warp tours and stuff they they've got uh they've got that shit down and then like local places would try and do something similar and they would think that they could do the same thing not realizing the logistics of yeah. turning over one band to another that takes like 20 fucking minutes well, like they would it, they would try to take 3 day festival and turn it into a 1 5 p.m. to midnight event <laughs> yeah and you're like you how are you logistically going to get those many people yeah. on there. And then, all, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, Seven Dust has got a full hired crew to pull and carry all their shit out. You got Ray Billy and the good old boys that are, not only did they just get done playing for an hour and a half, now they got to go use the bath and then come back and get their fucking amps and their guitars, all their effects pedals, get all that shit out of that. That's, yep. that's a process. And, and they're not all going to jump in action right away. Some oh, of them are oh, going to take no. five, ten minutes and try and enjoy the little afterglow of just performing, you yeah. know? So, yeah, if you don't have a crew of people that's, that's uh, you know, trained and, and rehearsed on, on set changes, mm -hmm. you're, you've got a, a chunk of time in there oh, yeah. Yeah. that you better play, you better plan on. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which is why there for a little while they were doing things like having a comedian come in during set changes. Yeah. You know, you've got a 15 minute window. Yeah. You you have a comic come out and do jokes for 10 to 15 minutes while they change the band's set. I did it once at, um, I forget what it's called now. I think it's um, Badass Renee's or Bill. Yeah. Sure, over sure. there over on. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my friend's band was playing and he was like, Hey man, do you want to come do a set in between the, 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 sh the bands? And I was like, absolutely not, but I will. Yeah. Uh, cause in my head I was like, this is going to suck ass. I have hated every time I've done that. And, and I think that's more because my, the comedy that I work with typically is not geared for that. I'm not, no, a you rock don't have the energy. Comic. Yeah. You're, you don't have rock and roll show energy. Not even a little. And bit. that's not a cut to you. Nope. That's just not that's your, just who I am. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did well, it was awesome. And I got to do my one pantera joke that i can't do anywhere else because it's so specific that no one ever gets it um but now it's a fucking meme oh yeah yeah pantera bread that was my joke was that i wanted to open a restaurant called pantera bread and then i came up with very clever menu items that were all puns based on their song titles like okay. cemetery crepes okay cool and like, bre like bread bulb from hell, yeah. uh, po boys from hell is what I went with. I like that. I like yeah, that. yeah, po boys from hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, vulgar display of chowder. That was my favorite. Oh, that's that's good. See, I fucking I know it's good. You really worked, but when you, you worked hard on that, I, they're going. I know, on and tour then you again. do that, and then you do yeah, that in a tour. I also fucking hate Pantera, by the way. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, there's that a couple songs of theirs that I liked, in the but like. The open to Cowboys from Hell is iconic. Phil Anselmo seems like a real shithead. I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, he does not seem like a very chill dude. He he's he's a little. So I saw him at Kane's uh, with the his band, the Illegals. This was the year before he got in trouble for doing his White Power pledge thing. Yeah, that was kind of one of the things that I was like, mm, is he gay? No, thank I you. He was gay. No, what? No. Never mind. No, no he, he seems pretty misogynistic, actually. Okay, he's just right. angry middle-aged man. Maybe I got, maybe I got <laughs> you know, typical typical middle-aged white guy, angry at everything, yeah. given yeah. every fucking opportunity. In a huge, well, I, like, get, I get it. It's been a downhill slope for them the last few years. <laughs> We've really had it rough. Well, well it, it was downhill for him, but the the drummer, I didn't really care. like. It was cool just to see Phil on Selmo because sure. of the pain. This was keep this was right before he did that. That would probably sway me from not going. But it was the drummer, Vinny Paul. Mm -hmm. That oh, wow. that that. that band hell yeah they were deep they weren't like grammy award winners but you go there it's like it's a good it's like 
Yeah. It's just that you could see them at Full Throttle Saloon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. That. That's so wild, man. I, I love whenever, like, uh, bigger bands, too, or, like... Um, Sometimes you'll get like uh, little groups of uh, like LS Dunes, you know, this uh, oh. it's a band of guys that are in bigger bands. You know, it's like mm-hmm. one guy from uh, Coheed and Cambria, a couple guys from Thursday, a guy yeah. from My Chemical Romance. And they come together and that's a band that like you could potentially see them at a smaller bar show. And that's fucking oh, yeah. cool. And that's the thing that that's is cool about those. Like if they came through, they would probably be at the Vanguard, and that would be a cool oh, yeah. place to see that show. Oh yeah, I, I remember, actually saw Circus Survive there at one point. I remember fifteen twenty years ago, uh, Mike Gordon from Fish, bassist from Fish, was touring on his own uh, with a with a, a saxophone player named El Bujo, which is Spanish <laughs> yeah. Spanish for the owl. FYI, yeah. Uh, uh, and and they played uh, the Monkey Bar, which is now the first shop. Yeah. So I uh, got to s- sit backstage. I forgot that it was called that. Yeah, not for a long we're time. Too, we're too old. We are way too... Too, too many bi- buildings in this town have had multiple identities. That's how you know you've been somewhere too long. You know... Yeah, I was going to say, you know you're uh, approaching 40 or over 40 and from Tulsa, if you remember, like, the Icon Club. Yeah, uh, I was going to say the Ocean Club. Is, oh, is my big one. yep. Wow, all right. The Sager Center. <laughs> Man, I, uh, I, Jesse, for your sake, I'm documenting. Hey, that's, that's, you're, <laughs> if you early just went 20s, through a, yes. It, Do what? You're early 20s, yes. I'm 27. 27. Okay, oh, cool, okay. Cool. Uh, cool. But that was a list of places you've never heard of, right? No. I'm so happy for you. No. The, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> no, I, the only, the only nostalgic club thing I was, uh, my dad, my dad's a live sound engineer. So I've been in cool. around entertainment business since nice. I was like, that, that was like my my parents were divorced, but on visitations I was with him at a show, right? <laughs> and um, I, he was telling me he, he he used to come to Tulsa sometimes for gigs. Like um, he did at All Souls. Uh, the who did that song from Me Myself and Irene? You gotta get gone. You gotta uh, get going. I know and, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that guy. He, my dad did sound for him at All yeah. Souls. Oh and, wow, that's wild. And that and it was like. Uh, yeah, he 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 did sound for Hootie and the Blowfish too back then. This was that wasn't in Tulsa. That was in that huh. was in Fayetteville. But it was the guy who did that song. Uh, the world ain't slowing down. Ellis Paul. Uh, Ellis Paul. Paul. That's okay. yeah. He did sound for him at All Souls Church. And, That's cool. And he showed me. Um, he was like, "So, son, when you get old enough to drink, there's a bar called the Colony, and hi- history on it. It's um, George Harrison allegedly got drunk, passed out in the alleyway, but <laughs> behind the Colony. Yeah. Oh, that's back- awesome." That's that's uh, yeah. There, I've never seen any proof of it, but it would surprise me. I was like, well, Sid Vicious punched a hole in Canes. Yep, that's that's what it is. Is 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 big stars come to Tulsa and just fuck around? Yeah. That, that's what it is. Jack White does it all the time. Tulsa, good. it should be our uh, slogan. Tulsa, a place where celebrities come to fuck but, around. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, like they can, they can kind of hide in certain areas. For sure, uh, Liv Tyler, I believe, had a house here at one point. Like we, yes, yeah. yeah, so like c- celebrities, you wouldn't think that they're like, you know, where I'm going to go hide out, Tulsa. Yeah, uh, you know, um, a friend of the show, Daniel Gulick, was posting on his uh, Facebook a few months back when uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and uh, Jen- Jensen Eccles uh, walked into Color Studios and got tattoos. Oh, yeah, because they were at the Outsiders Museum. Uh, they had done that, but they were in town for a wedding. Uh, a friend of theirs, another oh. famous person, had gotten married, and they had their wedding at Philbrook Museum. Cause Whoa. Beautiful museum. Oh, it really, yeah, yeah. Uh, so- yeah, if you can rent it out. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, so while in town, they stopped and got a tattoo, and, and they they asked where to go. And uh, Daniel has got some connections. Uh, you know, he did uh, Extreme Home Makeover uh, uh, a few years back. Wait, 
So he's, what? Yeah, yeah. That's how uh, Dan, Daniel's got uh, some contacts in. in, in uh, I didn't in know that. Yeah. He did the move that bus show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that show. Uh, uh, I think one mm. season, him and uh, uh, and uh, a couple other guys that we know from. The, from I remember show. at the time, my parents were super into that show. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, my parents were obsessed yeah. with it, and I remember at the time being like, "God, I feel like somehow this is extremely exploit, like exploitative. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it just felt icky." Did it? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's like it's like Jim Carrey said, like, don't record yourself doing it, doing like, a good deed. Yeah, yeah. It, and I, I kind of felt, but it was cool. Oh like, yeah, all what those they TikToks did. where it's like going to give this homeless guy some food and a haircut <laughs> and blah blah blah, and it's like you could have just done that. Like that's an interesting thing to me because I feel like there is a line, like there's a certain amount of that mm-hmm. that has value. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you got to be reminded, like you can just go if you see someone struggling. You can just go help. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the only way that it's really like acceptable is if it's caught organically in another situation. If you're filming yourself doing it, then I feel like the, the, or if like the motivation is somehow watered down. If it's more like how to do it and less about I am doing it, like if you're like, you know, what's the best way to give money to the homeless? Like, do you just walk up and hand them cash? Yes. Is that weird? <laughs> like, no. uh, like Alice Cooper. Uh, want, I get what that, you mean. Right? Like, but, but at the same time, you only need like two or three of those videos and then you're done. Exactly. We, we all know how. So exactly. if they no. keep happening, then we know why. No, we've got a box set. But like Alice, <laughs> like Alice Cooper, he, he's he been doing this since he got sober in, uh, I think, the 70s. Every th- On Thanksgiving, he uh, he has like a, he, he donates money to feed people and... There's never been it, – it's only become recently mainstream knowledge that he does this. Mm-hmm. And, like, the photos are like – it's like you are saying, like, if you're di- – like, oh, here I am. Eat up, homie. Yeah. And versus uh, it's just him, like, off in a distance. He's, like – he's out of character. He's just giving this kid, like, mashed potatoes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like it's fucking Alice Cooper. Right. This man could be playing golf in the Bahamas. Well, and he could right? also be funding this thing and not be there, but he's yeah. choosing to also be there, and that's another yeah, part of it, too. Yeah, and serve a plate, not just walk around like, like a cock of the wall. Yeah, and, and, and if you're not – a celebrity too like you know if you're videotaping yourself doing good deeds for for clout you're missing the fucking point yeah like there's a there's a line the benefit has to be for something other than just clout you know if you're just doing it to show how great you're doing it then that you kind of miss the point you know there's other ways to do it and i don't know i think i think unfortunately you know this reminds me of the concept of my bad gordon yeah, my bad. I hit the wrong fucking button. Oh, okay. <laughs> I uh, uh, I was gonna say the, the concept of virtue signaling has kind of, yeah, kind of shot it in the foot a little. Because I mm. think it, it, as much as yeah, you you don't want people to do it just to self their own interests or to or to forward their own self interest, but it also probably silences some people who would have just had good info to provide. You know, whether it's about pointing out injustice or pointing out ways you can help those in need or, 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 you know, obviously that, that term has much broader use than that. But I, uh, I, I worry about that. I worry about how the cynicism, uh, impacts good works, uh, mm. because uh, in, in online discussion, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it always comes back to motivation. What's your motivation for doing the good deed? You know what I mean? Um, that was my, my big argument in, um, you know, in, in in my days transitioning from desperately wanting to find religion to being to accepting being a full blown militant atheist um, was sort of the constant back and forth of 
the idea of are the good deeds you're doing because it's the right thing to do, or is it because of your overall feel or fear of retribution in the afterlife? Or just being caught. <laughs> that too. But yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's like, are you doing that because you're scared of hell yeah. or are you doing it because it's the right thing to do? Yeah. And at the end of the day, too many times the answer is because of the fear of, of fake fireplace. Yeah. Or a consequence at all. You know, really yeah. that's, that's unfortunately too much motivation is how will it affect me? And mm. it comes from a very selfish place. Well, yeah, we're all selfish, but it's, what do you, how, how do you, balance that and that's another key thing balance because self-preservation is good Mm -hmm. we should be making sure that we're not cold hungry and in pain tomorrow i've i've said to my wife several times out loud there are times when it is okay to be selfish because my wife has trouble sort of uh letting things be about her or doing things you know that are just for her or you know without wanting Mm -hmm. to include other people or wanting to you know and i tell her sometimes like hey sometimes it's okay to be like this is this is for me yeah. And that's that's okay. It's not, you know, it's not um Yeah, you need something to be ashamed of. Yeah. You need an outlet or you'll go you'll go crazy. It's uh, I I'm dealing with a friend right now who's struggling cuz she um she invests so much for time into her work and everyone's like when's the last time you like took a day off cuz mm-hmm. she's doing three jobs and she doesn't mm-hmm. have a day off and it's like like you you look you look run ragged. You look it's like important. A it's important to let yourself be celebrated, or or take the time to sort of celebrate yourself. And and you know even if it's something little like, uh, uh, you know I'm gonna go get the the milkshake that I really like, and you know whatever yeah. like treat yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself, 2023. So we've been uh, with, with 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 the podcast network. We've been busy lately. We've podcast. been doing some stuff behind the scenes. We should hopefully have some stuff to announce here very soon. Oh, do we ever? But um, you fuckers. But um, <laughs> with, with enthusiasm, fans love it when you're mean to them. They do. They do. We got stuff for you. Americans folks. in general love abuse. Right? <laughs> it's kind of funny. On, We're uh, all a little in the BDSM. On freedom, right they call their. They've started calling jokingly calling their fans shit pigs. <laughs> it's very funny to. Such a funny joke. Bye, shit pigs. It's very funny. <laughs> but um, uh, because of that, I've been spending a lot of evenings doing work on the website and work with our uh, with our shows. Uh, and and it it means that there are sometimes times where I am choosing to relax instead of doing stuff that I know is projects that need a little bit of work. Yeah. And I get that immediate guilt, mm-hmm. that sense of oh, oh oh you know I should be doing this. I should be working on that file. And it's like, dude, yes, but. I also got to take a little time for me and you got to force yourself to do that sometimes because otherwise the next day at work, I'm going to be so stressed out because I never had a chance to chill and decompress the night before, man. For me, that's a, that's a joint in NBA 2K. Yeah, exactly. And that's because I can concentrate my mind on something that's completely different from everything else I've been thinking about. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just my moment to that's that's my unwinding. Man. Even even with comedy, because like like so I I have a regular job welding, and then I go I I was really trying. I was like I'm gonna hit every mic. I'm gonna do this, and then it's like it got overwhelming, and I was like, fuck, I need a I need a break. This because this eventually is kind of turned into a job in a way, and now it's still it's, supposed to be fun. Yeah, and it, and it was like I'm not enjoying. It. I need to take a break from it, and so now I'm like, okay, now I'm doing a little better now that I'm like. Not going full throttle. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a weird journey with comedy in that, like, when Eleanor was born, I sort of knew that road comedy full-time was not going to be my option yeah. um, because I wasn't going to be the dad that was always gone. Uh, I 
you know, I, I couldn't do it. I literally like, so I, you know, and I was, I was on the road a decent amount at that point, you know, hitting all the loony bins and getting to the point of, yeah. of, of, you know, getting bumped. You were right on the edge of going from MC to feature when she was born. I had, I had featured the last week that I went out uh, before COVID hit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because after a while, you know, I started going back a little bit more and, you know, trying to do more while, while maintaining the ability of, of staying home. I basically was like, I'll go on the road, but I'm never going to be more than a four hour drive mm -hmm. if something goes down. Like if shit goes down, I want to be able to be there, you know, within mm -hmm. a few hours. Um, and then COVID hit and I, you know, I just kind of shut it down. Uh, my wife's got immune issues. Um, I had, a, you know, a, a young mm -hmm. child. Um, my son has uh, immuno issues. Um, I'm not the healthiest in the world <laughs> being, being chunky fatty boy, uh, and COVID's not great. So we kind of shut shit down, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then I didn't write. And that was a big thing is that when, when everybody started going back out, I had this thing where I felt I, I lost every bit of confidence in every joke that I'd ever written, mm -hmm. um, because they were now so old. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they had they had aged, um, and not by me telling them, but just by time. Yeah, you didn't keep them alive, and when you came back to them, you didn't really have that voice anymore. That's well, it wasn't I even noticed. that. It was that like, I mean, kind of, but it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have that voice anymore. It's that I'd lost the confidence in what I was saying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um. And so I stepped back again and was like, well, I have no fucking business going out there and doing comedy if I have nothing new to offer. Uh, yeah. And then it took me a little while to realize that that's, that's very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I now don't. I have something new to offer. Yeah, I just felt like it was a everybody lost confidence in everything. Like, cause it's the the news. Everyone was back and forth. No matter how you sided, they're like, "Well, they set up the mass pill. Have done." It was just, it was just a big ball of everything. It took. True. And people are still trying to hash out or bleed out all the craziness that was mm -hmm. built up from that time period. It's <laughs> true. It's like here, y'all got to stay in your house. Uh, watch this show called Tiger King. Have fun. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boy, yeah, the yeah, timing yeah. of Tiger King was so. <laughs> what a fucking weird thing. Thing to be like the thing that we remember like oh yeah that was when it started was yeah. tiger king yeah <laughs> the oh what a, and uh, it just bums me out that it was just another <laughs> another thing for the rest of the world to go look look at oklahoma yeah. look at them oh just yeah. look at them yeah just look at those dummies between tiger king and tulsa king we've had some weird representation the last couple years oh, right God. also the intro to those two shows is oddly similar i'm sure yeah. i feel like the intro to almost every show now is almost identical like have you seen did you watch last of us yet no not yet it no. has a very game of thrones intro <laughs> like it's the 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 style and the way it's shot it's like game of thrones if you were watching mushroom spread like you know how the Game oh. of Thrones intro is was all the, the little gears. lands. Oh, so yeah, this and the is gears like, and stuff. This is spores and mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Always, but it's like it. It feels identical. I always like the True Blood opening song. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Sopranos, of course. Who's that guy? Shooter? Oh, yeah. No. What's his fucking name? Shooter? Uh, no. Shooter McGavin? Nope. That's something different. Yeah, that one was good. Uh, 
Hell on Wheels had a good one. Okay, I didn't watch Hell on Wheels. I don't know that show. It was it was a, it was a good we- uh, modern western. Uh, the first two seasons are awesome. Then it, it it just it was like Sons of Anarchy. It started out so good, so good, and then it got to the last two seasons, and it just man. All right, I uh, T Bone Burnett. That's yeah. who I was thinking of. Okay, that did the 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 True Love True Blood song. Yeah. Uh, no, a True Detective. True Detective. Oh, okay, different. True, different, different, true, different, true. true. <laughs> one of them exists and one does not. Yeah. I mean, blood exists, but vampires don't. You're watching Last of Us. You liking it? I do like it. Yeah, I do, and I know shit about the game. So it's... you don't know shit about the game. Like you know shit. Like you mean you know nothing. Correct. Yeah, that that's a weird little word. I know turn shit. Of phrase. Yeah, <laughs> man, I know shit about that game. I know shit about that game. <laughs> it's it's how you say it. it's the inflection. 100. percent Wow. It's sort it. of like uh, that. Uh, Come on home, girl. It's uh, you. What's that? Come on home, girl. You put a comment. Oh yeah. Come on home, girl. Oh, that's hard, isn't it? Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're like, come on home, girl. Yeah. They're like, wait, what are you saying? Where's the comma? Oh, magic man. That's that song. Come on home. Yep. Magic girl. man. That's right. Yep. A magic man. All One right. time, uh, Sandra Bernhardt sang that on on like a roast, and uh, it was traumatic. Sandra Bernhardt. <laughs> It's a name you haven't heard in a very long time. Do you've ever heard that name? It's it's been a she, minute. For okay, me. but you've heard that name. I, I know my dad did not like her. <laughs> yeah. She was uh, yeah. A lot of dads were challenged by Sandra Bernhardt. <laughs> I know that, my dad did not like her. That's I, that's that's for that me. pretty much sums it up. That's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I don't think we need to say anything else about her. No, yeah. we don't. Yeah. No. Uh, she was friends with Courtney Love. I remember that. Right? Wasn't she friends with Courtney Love at one point? Uh, that's a mistake a lot of people made. The nineties were so weird. <laughs> Remember how weird the 90s were? Remember yeah. how everybody yeah, was fucking... There. Remember when Vern Troyer got drunk on The Surreal Life? Yeah. And was like pissing off of his little, little his scooter. car? Yeah. yeah. God damn it. That's one of the funniest things that's ever been on television just, that's not fucking funny. Just the you fact know? that we would put has-been, because that's what it was most. The has-been celebrities in a house together and film and just, their And just fill them full of booze. Yeah. And just open bar 24-7. Get him. That's what they fucking did on that Ultimate Fighter show, man. Was yeah. like they would just get these fucking fighters in a in a house and just Are give them unlimited they, amounts of booze. Is this UFC Big Brother? Is that what this yeah. is? Yeah, uh, Gerald Harris was on it. Yeah. Oh wow. Gerald Harris was on the show. So I, I'm a huge UFC, huge MMA follower. I've wa- I remember the first one I ever watched. It was season five. It was Nate Diaz and uh, Julian Lang. Oh, okay. Or, or no, it was Julian Lang. Another one. He's like, man, let me. Back and they're you can tell they're hopped up on speed or like that that liquor from Magic Mike. So okay. They don't get weight. Well, it's like the, the, some of them are probably like you know doing some some sort of steroids, and then they're just right pump full yeah. of liquor. Because yeah. they're they're, it, it, the, they're like I want to fight everything. It's like the Bachelor, but um, like the ultimate male testosterone version of it. And if yeah. they the winner gets a UFC contract, but they've got to like fight. It's a three. It's based on a fight camp. A fight camp's three months to get someone ready for a fight, and okay. so the whole time. You're cutting weight, which makes you crazy. You're you're being hit. You're tossing your butt. These guys you just met. You're going against other major college athletes, and none of them are having sex. None of them are really. They're outside of their norm. They're they're being forced to stay in this mansion. And then or, every night you have producers that are like, "More booze, more yeah. booze, more booze." <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and, and you, if you're drinking too much, you want something to counter the booze. Suddenly the speed gets involved. <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh boy, leads to some shenanigans. That's People, for sure. Yeah. That, that's the thing, man. You know, 
that just reminded me too about like we need to talk to Gerald about his experience on that show. We should. We should see if he wants to come hang out again. For sure. It's been a minute since we've had him on. Uh, you know, uh, there's too much speed in the world. Well, too much of it laced with fentanyl. Right? Well, too much of it laced <laughs> with meth. The, and, and here's the thing about it. It's it's gotten too commonplace. Because, I mean, like we even see in, in creative communities here in, in Little Tulsa where stuff like Coke is popular yeah. among certain crowds. And, and and I don't I'm not here to judge you do you boo you know just do it safely you mm-hmm. know make sure you take care of yourself don't hurt anybody else but that shit being so readily available the way booze is and, and booze itself mm-hmm. is destructive like we shouldn't make everything easy to get fuck Oregon dude yeah <laughs> you you buy a, you buy a full bag of crystal meth in Oregon easy. Like, there's no, you can buy a full bag of crystal meth in West Tulsa easy. I, well, <laughs> I think I think he, he you're talking more about like the decriminalization. Yeah, like you yeah. could you could walk around like Randy whenever he got his medical card in South Park with his with your nuts and a wheelbarrow in Oregon and a cop <laughs> won't do but shit. But what happens yeah. is that is is that over time is is what happens with legalization of cannabis, right? Yeah. Is that now um it doesn't have the mystique that it had. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. When it's yeah. criminalized, it's not like, you know, when you can go get it at the fucking uh, CVS or whatever, it's not suddenly it's not as uh, fun and risque. You know, it's not like, oh, we're going to do math. <laughs> it's just like, I got to go pick up some fucking preparation H in my math. You know? I want I want that, though, that that first reaction. I want to see more like oh, frou-frou people who are like, oh. Should We're gonna we, try the meth tonight. If we so. get a, if we get a plate of meth, will you have some? <laughs> did you did you did you buy the glass pipe? If we order a plate of meth, will you have some? <laughs> have like a solid gold crack pipe with with like Islamic calligraphy on the side. <laughs> <laughs> but you still buy it at a shitty gas station in a bad part of town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, if they're really bougie, it, it actually came from another culture, and they should own it. And it should be in their museum, and they're like, "Look what we're smoking with." <laughs> <laughs> like the British Museum answer to the 100%. meth pipe. hundred <laughs> percent. Where I was going with that, <laughs> you nailed it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's 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 the title. Hey, look at all the things we've stolen. <laughs> this was yours, wasn't it? Uh, uh, there's one. Uh, look at it now. Go. <laughs> there's there's one English uh, podcaster, like True Geordie, and there it was right when the Queen died, and they're like, "Well, oh, uh, we like to give you all your shit back, but uh, we don't have anything." Right, the John- that should be the rule. Like, oh, the old lady died. Now we have to give all the stuff back. Yeah, that's uh, that's them's the rules. <laughs> them's the rules. I don't make them. R.I.P. Liz. Um, the um, oh, the British Museum episode of last week tonight. Have you guys seen that with John Oliver? Yes, uh, I have not. He talks I, I about like all, all the stolen stuff that's in the British Museum. I do like John Oliver it's, a lot. It's, it's informative. That's why it's, yeah. It's, it, it, it took on the Daily Show man. Oh, during my co- funny during, news. During COVID, that's, that was the best news source. Yeah. Right? John Oliver. Oh, yeah. From his blank void. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It's, and it's so funny. Like, uh, the way he does his uh, main stories, though, I really enjoy because... Um, he he will take sometimes something that can seem incredibly uninteresting yeah and make you suddenly give a shit about it the amount of episodes he starts that segment with something like you know i know you guys don't want to know about this don't change the channel you know yeah. like he'll he'll admit like we know it's boring but trust me you need but to but by know the this. end of it you you know about it and you're informed and you give a shit and, and yeah. there's enough non sequitur jokes along the way 
that to keep you interested. But you were talking about the British Museum one. He's talking about how uh, you know so many, so much of the British Museum is stolen artifacts, Most. and, and he, he peppers throughout his stories clips from from news shows, often local news. So it's stuff that's gathered right in that individual community, mm-hmm. and he's showing these news clips from Britain where these representatives of the British Museum, some of them saying flat out, uh, almost verbatim. Uh, if we gave back all the stolen artifacts, there would be nothing in the British Museum. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a great way. And, and here's the thing. You know, we talked about Philbrook earlier and that mm-hmm. wedding that happened there. And and, and a couple months back, um, a couple maybe a year back when I was working at Fox 23, and something came out about artifacts going back to the cultures where they were taken from. We reached out to Philbrook and the representative there, who's actually a very cool guy and, and a friend, wrote back – they were not going to comment on that story, you know, <laughs> and as much as I would have liked to, to get some kind of reasonable comment, like we understand that that is, is something to look into and, and we can at least acknowledge that that is a thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, even if no movement is happening at this time, I, I understood why he gave the no comment because a place that I love would now have to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and 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 some of the stuff, some of the stuff that I love to go see might have to be given back. Hey, I, I mean, and Philbrook as an art museum is a little different. You know, there's plenty of stuff that would not go. Sure, yeah. But I'm kind of of the uh, belief that um, uh, too bad, so sad. Sort of, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it, like it raises the challenge. There would be a, a period of adjustment and growth because obviously the collection would have to be altered. If they want to stay a museum, they they'd have to go get a new collection or whatever. Right. Well, what I like about it, they do like that. I was actually just there uh, this past week. I, cool. I, I honestly, I went to look at their the the gift shop. They sell certain books that I can't usually find at Barnes and Noble. So like once every two months, I'll go over there just look in there. But um. It what I, they're having the Rembrandt showing uh, in like a few weeks. I've always yep. liked that. Cause it, this is my first time in like a while, mm-hmm. but beforehand that was where me and my grandfather would go to get some of these books. And nice. I, I, I've always liked like they'll have the Antiques Road show. That's always pretty neat if y'all have never been. Like to actually be a part. It, like it's live. Bo- yeah, it's boring on TV. It's like golf. If you watch it on TV, <laughs> it it's sucks. Yeah. But if you I go, loved it. yeah, it's like oh, this thing is like a thousand years old and it's been sitting in this old woman's fucking addict for like past 20 years she had no idea and that's I, yeah that is pretty wild when cool. you're like oh man uh like a knight held this <laughs> you're like what yeah. the fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh man time's weird isn't it oh yeah they were talking on a on one podcast about a, a location that they were in uh that was established in like the 1600s and i was like how the fuck is it still standing yeah like that's wild that's four six hundred eight hundred that's like a thousand years hilton well and it's the 1600s it's 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 uh when even was that there's elements of chance you know you you see these old structures that were built well and were lucky enough to survive natural disasters and wars crazy people yeah right (laughs) yeah yeah nowadays you might just have an asshole read the wrong article online decided to blow your shit up and then sometimes you have these cases where some beautiful piece of architecture like uh you know there's these giant public libraries in cities like cleveland and pittsburgh that were torn down within 20 years you know these uh, ornate architecture but because planning needs change you know stuff is 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 then relegated to the the history books and Mm -hmm. it's um 
It's and the history books are, as we are seeing right now, very much subject to whitewashing. (laughs) That as well. That's another. It's it's man for a a show that is built on tangents. We have managed to jump on some topics today that are just littered with them. (laughs) Every every fucking thing we've done, we're I'm clicking that little down arrow and it's opening up five new paths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This skill tree is going to take forever to level up. Oh, beans, (laughs) man. Oh shit! Should uh, we do some entertainment? What are we? Do? What are we? We watch some we, trailers. Let's talk about ghostly David Harbor. Yeah, uh, we have a ghost uh, mm. coming to Netflix. I didn't think I was going to like this as much as I did. What did you think, Jesse? I am. At first, I was like, "Is this Jordan Keel at it again?" Because I'm still I, like, "Us" is by far like that's my favorite horror movie to date yet. It's been like I haven't seen the new one came out because I nope uh, nope yeah no, I haven't seen that, that one's one good. yet. I I, really I watched it, but I loved Us, Us. is better. Us like made me shit myself in theater, and it, it's still something I can still watch. But that one, I was like, okay, it's kind of a PG. It's kind of like action comedy a little bit. This uh, is a silly movie. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's I was like, it could be like I like silly movies. Like the one my my guilty pleasure movie that I hate to say that I love, but uh, you don't mess with the Zohan. Like, I, okay. it's, oh wow, it's yeah, stupid as hell. But I can't. But you know what gives this a little bit of a boost though? Is that uh, Stifler's mom? Well, no, I was just gonna say that it's not it's not in theater. So this is one of those where you're like, well, I know I'm not gonna have to go like pay to go see it. Yeah. So you're much more likely to watch oh, it. Yeah. yeah, you're much more likely to watch it when it's just free on Netflix and you're stoned one day. And and you you mentioned Stifler's mom. Allegedly. That's Jennifer Coolidge, right? Yeah. Yes. I, I haven't seen American Pie, so I, I, uh, I what? what I know, right? Yeah, that's wait a minute. How? <laughs> luck i don't know like how <laughs> did you avoid it that's 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 one of those that's on my list man like top gun and this titanic is as, this that's is my as shit. surprising as when i tell people i've never seen a harry potter the biggest what? yeah exactly the fuck? <laughs> what's wrong with you people <laughs> <laughs> that one i'll agree with those movies are fun i um but 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 jennifer coolidge um uh we had david harbour uh we have anthony mackie uh we have tig nataro hell yeah uh, there is a great uh, cast in this movie. Uh, my favorite thing, and I, I don't know if it was scripted or if it was a David Harbour choice, but David Harbour's character has the classic old, uh, older white guy hair pattern of uh, the cul-de-sac with the comb over. Yeah, like a real thin comb over. Uh, yeah, my, my my grandfather rocked it briefly. Uh, a lot of our grandfathers <laughs> rocked yeah, it yeah, briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, he looked like the bad guy from the Lovely Bones, that hairstyle. He, <laughs> he, just, well, he just didn't have the stash. I yeah. just feel like he looked like everybody's dad in in the in the eighties. Well, it's he looked like when the kid asked, "How did you die?" The answer is depression, kid. He died from depression. <laughs> I was going to I was going to say heart disease. <laughs> That's what killed my grandma. Liver failure. <laughs> list of horrible ways to die. Yep. <laughs> That's today's episode. Yeah. A list of horrible ways to die. You know, there's going to be a Ghostbusters reference in that too. Yeah. Well. Well, and there there are. We saw in the second half of the trailer. Oh, at least, there's going to at least be like a who you're going to call. Yeah, <laughs> there are effectively Ghostbusters because there was some team that yeah. was there to catch him. Or Dan something. Aykroyd's in charge of him, right? Yeah, there, <laughs> there better be like an Ernie Hudson cameo or some shit. You know, I, I would I would much rather it be Ernie Hudson than Dan Aykroyd. Oh, fuck yeah, <laughs> you already got too much Dan Aykroyd now that you know that he's in Temple of Doom. <laughs> no, that was just a weird. So it's really weird when you can. Like, cause here's how I like the Indiana Jones thing happened. I was rewatching mm-hmm. uh, Temple of Doom. So Temple of Doom. Do you know Dan Aykroyd with a terrible British accent? 
and shows it, up in that movie for one scene yeah. for about a minute. And I, he's also it's sorry, I was just gonna say it's also like a, a a long shot, so you don't really see his face. He's walking with them, and he's it's a wide he, shot. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. thank you, thank yeah. you. That's the word I was looking for. It's a wide shot, and he's escorting uh, Indiana Jones and uh, Kate Capshaw to a plane and he's letting them know we've we've procured seats for you on this plane uh it's a cargo plane blah 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 and so you never really see his face up close and i was looking away because you know i've seen this movie a million times so i was like playing basketball while i had it playing in, on mm. another screen and all of a sudden i hear this terrible british accent and through the British accent, I was like, is that fucking Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> and I just thought it's such a weird thing when you can peg a voice, mm -hmm. someone's voice, through a bad accent. Yeah. I was like, I can tell even through that shit accent that that's Dan Aykroyd. It's a little baby Dan Aykroyd. The ability to recognize voices is, is, is fascinating to me because it feels like such limited info to go on. Mm -hmm. I'm good at it, though. I'll pick it out in commercials all the time. I have a, a couple friends that are. I, I was watching Letterkenny. And, um, Hell yeah. That's a great show, right? I like I that show that so much. And, and, and the cast is so good. And, and the show is so built on dialogue and the conversation between the main characters. And I'm watching with a friend introducing it to her for the first time. And... Without even looking at the screen, she she didn't even see him because he looks so iconic. But she goes, hey, I know that voice. That's K. Trevor Wilson. And I go, who? Yeah. And it's the guy that plays Squirrely Dan, and he's also a stand-up comic. And she'd never seen the show before, but she knew him based on his voice from his stand-up comedy specials. I was blown away. Yeah. Uh, I had someone recognize me by my voice. That was a fucking trip. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, from the show or from, from this show, Hilton. Oh wow, that's cool. Early on too, and it was because we had Chad Malone on. Oh okay. It was at Starship. Wow. Shooting the shit with uh, with my boy that works there, and uh, and uh, this other guy's like, uh, "Hey, are you? Uh, do you do this uh, podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I recognized your voice. I just listened because you had Chad on," <laughs> and I was like. Thank you, Chad. That's really cool for two reasons. Um, one, the obvious. Uh, recognition's always fun. Uh, you have sure. A, you have a beautiful voice. Oh, thank you, Hilton. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. But two, <laughs> who is Chad Malone? From Larkin and The Shame and Brother Inferior. Okay. Yeah, I do not remember having them on at all. Oh, wow. Now, 250 episodes in, that may just be a thing. Sure. But also... Um, I, I'm going to have to go back and, and dig into that one. Or maybe it was... Maybe the, it was one I wasn't on. Maybe it was the show with Roy. Oh, maybe it was uh, Route 66 Breakdown. Man, I forgot that happened from... Yeah, me. that was a podcast you were on. It was a thing I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One time it didn't happen because as I was trying to set up, me and Roy got into a fight <laughs> yeah. about politics. That's, and I was like, you're fucking dumb. I'm out of here. That's the kind of thing that would happen with Roy. The kind of thing that happens, too, when you do a lot of things. <laughs> Jesse, you do a lot of things. Uh, we talked a little bit about your art, about stand-up comedy. Yeah. Uh, you're also uh, 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 in the military? Yes, uh, I did uh, four years Marine Corps from 2015. I got out with terminal leave. Terminal leave is like all the leave you build up in a year, and if you're getting out, you can just use it to get out early. So I saved all my time. So 
Well, I mean, it sounds that, a lot more serious. Yeah, that's terminally. <laughs> like, sounds like, like you have to leave because you're yeah. going to die. Well, well, no, it's like if you don't use it, then um, you it, don't get the dies. money back. Yeah, oh. and then it restarts. It doesn't. It doesn't acclimate or build up. So you I get, see. You it get, has a death date. Yeah. So I, I took I took all that, got out, went to welding school, uh, worked at Red Lobster for just a side job while I, while I went to well, Tulsa. Slinging world school. those Cheddar Bay biscuits, baby. I did, dude, Mother's Day it was it was fucking wild on Mother's Day, like. It was it from, so busy there. from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. It just did moms, nonstop. Yeah. They love it. The, mo- the moms love it. Oh, God. Moms love Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Yeah. I, went, I went to go visit my grandmother for her birthday one year, and I landed at the airport, and they picked me up, my mom and my grandma, and they're like, we're going to dinner. And I'm like, well, where are we going? I think it's going to be some fancy restaurant in West Palm Beach. And oh, hell no, Some Roots Chris Steakhouse <laughs> and shit. They're like, Red Lobster. I'm like, the chain restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> Now, some people would come in there, and that's like the highlight of their fucking life was the mm-hmm. was lobster fest. But it, yeah, I got I got I I did that for a while. I left uh I left there after I graduated, and I, I work at Arcosa Wind Towers now. I weld wind tower frames. Cool. I do that for fun. Well, then COVID happened, mm-hmm. and I was like, fuck, I need something to get because I I was I had they gave us orders that we could go to work and travel and be out and about. But I, I got bored. I got cabin fever because I'm a very I don't like to I'm I'm not very indoor person. Mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very active. I'm either at the On gym. The move. I'll go to run Riverside. I can't sit still. I can watch a movie. Like the ideal time for a movie for me, like one of my favorite is is uh, Walking Tall, just because it's an hour and fifteen minutes. Okay, and it's something yep. I can put on the background. Like I can, like it's good from to have whenever I'm cooking. So I know that I know the time. I've seen that movie so many times. So mm-hmm. I know the time. Like, Isn't that with the Rock? Yeah, that yeah. was one of his first decent ones. Cool. It's okay. so it's always funny though cuz for me like being a, just a, an avid movie watcher and like a, you know, absorber when I see a movie that's a, a, an hour 15, yeah. what it says to me is that they weren't confident enough in what they had to squeeze another oh, no. 15 minutes out of it. Right. Oh no, it, 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 it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I just look at it as like okay, I just know it for the yeah. time cuz it's yeah, per- perfect yeah. time. So like, okay, I can do this. Not then. I, then I Seventy-five minutes, baby. Like uh, my friend, uh, he made he want he he wanted me to watch the Patriot with him. Okay, and I pot halfway. I was like, <laughs> too too long. Yeah, I was like, dude, okay, we're gonna have to do this. We'll come back sittings. tomorrow. Yeah. I'll watch the second <laughs> Part half. Two. Yeah, or uh, once, but the longest movie I've watched intermission. Yeah, like the longest one I've ever watched was Once Upon a Time in America. Oh wow, okay. that's four and a half hours. Long. Yeah. That's yeah, certain, time in America. You watched that one sitting? It, I, I, that one I did. That was with right. my dad. And that was God. It was horrible. It was like it was like running a marathon. I was like, thank God it's fucking over. <laughs> I, I You're like, I'm so tired. <laughs> All you did was sit there. You're like, oh, I'm so tired. I can barely sleep for that long in one sitting. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of things I can do in one sitting for four and a half hours. Even you can't work. sleep for four and a half hours. No, I straight? can. I oh. can. It's it's a, but yeah. <laughs> I just want to take a nap now that you said that. I'm like, God, that sounds so good. Four and a half hours right now? Mm. <laughs> so they released that Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max. That's super long, too. That was like four and a half hours. I watched that over like four days because it was too much for me. And you're literally talking. You could not create better content for me Ugh. than just superheroes for hours <laughs> on end. Still. That shit was made for me, and I'm still like, all right, 45 minutes. I've had enough of Ben Affleck, Batman. Oh, that's like me falling asleep in the theater, bro. Like, I mean, I'm in there for this movie I'm super pumped about, and it's the loudest goddamn part of the movie, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, if it's past an hour and a half, you might as well make a fucking TV show out of it. it that, <laughs> do a few episodes, do a series, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I, I will say the first episode of uh, of The Last of Us was damn near feature length. It was like hour. I 20. heard that it was real like a movie yeah. length. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch that too? I haven't seen it yet, but did you play the game? Nah, I think the last video game I really played. This this tells you how out of date I am with them. Uh, it was Diablo three. All right, on PC, and I it was because of COVID. So sure. I guess I'll try to get because Diablo two was my my that was one Your of the jam. first dark, that hit me, and those were like some of the very first graphic video games I ever played as a kid. And before that, it was South Park on Nintendo sixty four. Okay, like where you where you could piss on the snowball and do more damage oh, to yeah. the turkeys. That was, I don't remember that game. Oh shit, that's a blast from the past right there. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Hilton, what are you playing right now? Uh, I'm still working on Mass Effect two. Oh uh, yeah, going back on my uh, back to the game. Is that, that I, a first person? We discussed it's third person. That's right, third you person action. Um, I, I'm digging it a lot. I'll, uh, the the action scenes are mostly cover shooter stuff, like where you just get behind something and just aim and shoot, and then it's a lot of story and dialogue, a lot of moving the plot along, and that um, I'm not typically someone that really gets engrossed in the story but i'm getting engrossed in this like colonel shepherd the 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 war between the planets and and you know uh, the uh, of different species and 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 the greater lore of the mass effect universe has been very interesting to me i'm excited for that new uh jedi fallen order game yeah yeah that first oh, yeah. one was good i need to go back and finish that i want to replay that before the new one comes out and yeah. then get the new one because that game was super fucking fun the gameplay on it's great it's not too difficult. It's something you can kind of jump in and out of. Um, I mean, I wouldn't leave it too long because it's one of those things where, like, you have to relearn the game mechanics. Yeah. That's the biggest challenge for me is is I If you really, walk away and forget the game mechanics. And that's why I got about five hours into that, and I, I took a break for, like, a month, and I came back, and I just didn't have my, my Jedi skills. You were like, oop, yeah. I forgot how to be a Jedi. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, and I just couldn't <laughs> pick it quit. up. But yeah, I've definitely quit. Uh, I, I I stopped God of War for that reason. Yeah, uh, because I got kind of far, and then when I came back, I was like, I don't remember how to play this game. Fuck it. We you talked know, a little. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say they're thinking about making a movie out of that God of War. Yeah, I'd make a cool movie. But guess who? Yes, who was seen trying out for it? Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt, Ben Stiller. Jinx. <laughs> I would I would take Ben Stiller. I would take Ben Stiller as Kratos. 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 Uh, but. I want Ben Stiller playing Derek Zoolander playing Kratos. No, I want I want Ben Stiller to play the kid. Oh, the, the, the kid. boy. Yeah. The idea of Ben Stiller boy. playing a little kid. Yeah. Boy, yeah, boy. Yeah, is that his name? Pretty much. I boy. think that's what Kratos thinks his name is. <laughs> Credited as boy. Yeah. <laughs> Kratos played by blah blah blah. I, boy. I, ben Stiller would have the bot the build for it. He's always been fit. He's pretty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but, but oh, the Kratos is pretty big. But the face, the face up. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's, he's also <laughs> yeah. he's also not tall. Ben yeah. Stiller. No. Ben Stiller's like he's fit, but he's not big. Right. You need yeah. Kratos is imposing. Like Kratos need, is like Batista. Yeah. 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 That's um. Give it to Batista. He's like, do not put me in full body makeup again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh God. He's, so <laughs> he's like, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm. How was he? Did you see Glass Onion? Uh, yeah, how was Batista in that? He's great, is he? Oh, he's a he's a decent actor. I've only seen him in a few things. So I want to see him in more. Here's the thing: is he's he's limited on. I think he's somewhat limited on what he can do. I mean, obviously, I don't know how many opportunities he's had to do outside of it, but like 
just a a a good comedic actor who's gonna come in and like be pretty funny, kill the lines, be pretty decent. He's gonna he's gonna get the fucking job done. Like okay. I think he's pretty fucking good. I don't know how you know I don't know how leading man level you know he would be. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously he's been the lead in a couple of things like with the, the, the one he did with Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, he was in that comedic role that he's, you know, sort of gotten used to now. Yeah. So like branching out of that, would he be good? I don't know. We'll see. But for what he's doing. Great. All right. Yep. <laughs> Nailed that. Switch. <laughs> I'd like to see him fight Tom Hardy. I feel that'd be a good, like they would have a good fight oh, yeah. scene because Tom Hardy just now got cast to be the new uh, James Bond or, or what I think he was one of the forerunners for it, wasn't he? Yeah. I know it was like they were talking about Idris Elba for a while. Um, we got anything yet? Um, uh, they're like, who has been James Bond? I don't think we got him just yet. I hope it, like, I, like after, Aaron Taylor Johnson becomes front runner. After uh, Peaky Blinders, when he played Alfie, the head of the Jewish mafia, I, I was like, yeah. You're Tom Hardy? Yeah, he's uh, like, you want to fight, Tommy? Let's go outside and have a proper fucking fight. <laughs> I was like, what? Just the way he insults people in that show and then beats them with a cane. <laughs> and I, uh, Tom Hardy's great, though. He, he's another one. He's another one, too, who's been good about, like, really kind of picking at um, preconceived notions about things like masculinity. Because mm-hmm. he's a guy that just seems like a tough as nails, all American dude. I mean, he's not American, but you know, like just a a, a guy's guy. Yeah. But he was the one that came out a few months back and was he said something so nonchalant, like of of course I've had sex with men. I'm an actor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, they were giving him shit for uh, his. It was the movie he did uh, where he portrayed the Cray twins. Okay. And one of yeah, them, one of them, movie, one of them was crazy, and he was he was gay. And there's there's scenes where he's kissing other men and all that, and people were yeah. gi- giving him cracks for it at the time whenever that movie was being released, and he shut them all down. He's like, fuck off. Good. Yeah, yeah good exactly. Good for him. Yeah. Fuck them. That's a good movie, too, by the way. Yeah. Like, Is it? What's yeah. it called? Oh, um, I got a... It's like the Mobster Twins or something? Yeah, the, the, the Cray Twins in the 60s. What they, tr- they were trying to turn England area into, like, um, a Las Vegas. Ah, okay. Is what they tried to trying do. Trying to do organized crime type yeah. shit? Yeah, one of them, what, one, one of the brothers, they're, they were identical twins. Yeah, Legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of the bro- ah okay. I remember this coming out. I never got to see it. I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. it's real good. Um, uh, I, I I'm not. I wasn't super <laughs> up for it, but my, when when mom moved to town, she was staying with me for a minute. She put it on one night because she's a big Tom Hardy fan. So and, it's a true story. It. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, true story. It's it's good. It's good. That one and there's another one he did about uh, bootleggers. Yeah, that was uh, that was one Shia LaBeouf knocked him out yep. on. Yeah. Oh, oh, like in, in real, real life? life. In real life, that Shia LaBeouf is uh, very fit and he's very crazy and very um, <laughs> skeptical. It's lawless. That was the movie. I lawless? saw that. In the- yeah, twenty twelve. Oh yeah, I remember. Lawless. I saw that uh, with my dad in theaters, and yeah. they're talking about it's uh, Shia was was intoxicated during the filming or something, and Tom told him to like settle down, and Shia LaBeouf, uh, I guess Tom Hardy turned his back, and then Shia Nick tapped. Shot punt tap him on the shoulder. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Nick Cave wrote this movie. Really? Wow, like of Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds? Uh, look, it says uh, singer, screenwriter. Wow, cool. Nick Cave. <laughs> That's wild. Huh. I saw him at Lollapalooza in 1994. I didn't know he wrote film. Yeah, no. I, well, I guess you got to do something because it's not like his music career really got past a certain level ever. <laughs> I mean, Lollapalooza 94 was the last time I spoke his name till today. <laughs> so, 
you know? I feel like I see him on social media shit, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. He seems like a weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, did you see that picture? I did. <laughs> I mean, let's just pull it, that up. It looks like uh, like he's related to Danzig. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like Danzig's, Dan- like, Danzig's uncle. Less yeah. cool uncle. <laughs> Danzig's not cool. Uh, Glanzig. Uh, no. Or what's that one singer, Adam Ant? Yeah. It's like if he was out of all of his makeup and get up. Didn't he turn out to be a, like a pedophile or something? Oh, no. Last I saw of him, it was 10 years ago. He was coming to Kane's Ballroom. That's who I, that's honestly, Kane's Ballroom roster of who was coming at the time helped give me an idea of like other artists besides what was on the radio. And he was one oh, of wow. them. He looks oh, like, wow. He looks like, uh, like Brett Michaels. Listen. I wish version. I need to. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, hey, America, I need to talk to you real quick. Can I talk to you over here for a minute? Um, Hey, listen. It's okay. Go go to him. Specifically, um, specifically old, like rock and roller type white men. Can I talk to you over here for a second? Um, Man, that went from America to a very. Yeah, I realized that I realized that I needed to narrow it down a little bit because everybody was. There's not enough room for everybody. But yes, older rock or white men. Got it. um, So. Just let me talk to you over here. If you're already wearing a do-rag, you don't need to put a hat on top of it. <laughs> it makes you look insane. Yeah. Well, and we know you're balding. We we get we know. That's fine. Two hats is the international symbol for balding. Two hats is the international symbol for insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> two the, hats would be a shitty rapper name. And then you need yeah. the, then you need the two chain. chains and two hats. Yeah, you need the two chain the shitty chains from like Dillard's or something. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um that. yeah, guys, just stop doing it. Um the I th- I'm thinking of the Jeff Lowe. Remember him? Oh yeah. From, always from Tiger King. Always would oh, have the, the do rag and then the hat. Yeah. But yeah, Brett Michaels constantly yeah, do rag in a cowboy. It's a balding hat. thing. It is a balding thing. I feel see, see Hulk Hogan at least had the presence to say, "I only need the do rag." Yeah, well, you, that, that, I don't need the hat on top of the do rag. It would come off in the ring. <laughs> That's true. It would fall off when he was fighting. Yeah. Uh, oh, my hat done fell off when I was getting fake punched. <laughs> Or do, uh, do you remember the movie Bloodsport? Fuck yes, I remember uh, the, the movie. The Bloodsport. guy played Ogre. Whenever John uh, John fucking I pops re- pops him and then takes his, his Harley Davidson bandana, oh, yeah. he's using that as like, "Ha, ah, fucked your friend up." <laughs> yeah, uh, he was the guy that played um, Ogre in the uh, Nerds Ner- movies. Yeah, Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge oh wow, of the Nerds. This is with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Right? Yeah, yeah, this is a canon film too. Uh, 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 Golem uh, Globus. Film. I think this is the one. Uh, I, I I talk about uh, the the completely unnecessary podcast on here a lot. The it, muscles from Brussels. <laughs> uh, and, and I think Pat and Ian always talk about how Bloodsport is awesome. Is it awesome? Yeah, it's well, it's awesome the way Miami Connection is awesome. So it's it's a so bad it's good awesome. Okay. The act, the acting the storyline is total bullshit. But the thing that I liked about it is it, the the Kumite. The point of it they they send. Every country sends their top fighter. So you get to see different style. Like you get to see a Muay Thai guy go up against a jiu-jitsu dude. It's, that's, what I, that's what the foundation of it. There wasn't a movie at the time that really kind of showed. Like, this it, feels like Street Fighter 2 the movie. Essentially. Yeah, fuck Essentially. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. This is what I but, want. But, but, but the, the, the plot is that Frank Dukes, yeah. D-U-X, Frank yeah. Dukes, uh, was a real person who supposedly fought in this quote unquote real underground tournament and this is his story. Oh, cool. But in the years since it's come out that Frank was 
largely full of shit. A charlatan. And, and <laughs> lied about most things. Okay. Um, so it's largely agreed that Kumite probably was not real. In okay. any way, shape, or form, it, it's it's just it's just the, the fact you get to see the different styles. Cool of fight. The fight scenes are what's cool about. See, it. that sounds cool. Yeah, but that's... there's some shit in this movie as far as filmmaking choices that are just chef's kiss hilarious. All right, um, don't spoil it for me. I'm gonna watch it. Lawrence Fishburne is in it. Okay, I'm, yeah. Uh, it. Someone took the scene where Lawrence Fishburne and his other cop friend are chasing Jean Claude no, Van Damme. It was, uh, no, it's Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And they put it to Yakety Sacks. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. The chase scene? They put it to Yakety Sacks. <laughs> okay. Um, because of how did this get made? Yeah. Uh, Jason Manzoukas was like, if somebody could please take this chase scene and put it to Yakety Sacks. Right. And then sure enough, someone did. Um, All right. That's, that, this is next on my rewatching movies that I, or watching movies that I should have watched forever ago. I'm watching this before I we watch need to start. Pie. We, need, we really do need to start like a little like um, special episodes where, where you and I watch these things separately and come back with our notes yeah. and yeah. discuss them. Now, before y'all get to that, American Pie, Harry Potter. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a running thing in my house that uh, at first it was just by coincidence that I'd never watched them, and now it's out of spite. Yeah, now you're just doing it to be mean. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Uh, not really. Um, oh. The 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 little the guy. Oh God, the kid that plays the kid version of him in this movie. Um, oh yeah, oh. it's the <laughs> saddest. <laughs> shit. He, he's traded with the sensei son, and the sensei son is Asian. He goes, "What are you gonna do, round eye?" <laughs> oh wow. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> but also, the kid is like probably the worst child actor in the history of ever anything. Like. This kid trying to get through a line is rough, <laughs> man. Um, and he's—I don't know if he's actually French or just trying to do Jean Claude. Yeah, but he's like really tripping over the accent. Also, and it's pointed out in how did this get made? So don't yell at me because I—I realize that. But uh, the kid is wearing a either a—he's uh, wearing a New York Giants hat. With a San Francisco Giants uh, jersey. Oh, wow. <laughs> and somebody, they were like, the screenwriter is supposed to have been like, ah, he's just into like the Giants. <laughs> All the Giants. Yeah. Uh, the New York Giants, San Francisco Giants, Andre the Giant. <laughs> he's just big into Giants. Uh, windmills, big Don Quixote fan, whatever. Yeah. So funny. Now, yeah. I like that, but for, for showing action, fight, uh, my favorite 80s, uh, Black Rain. Oh, yeah? I watched it. Chong right. Lee, that's who it was. Yeah. Bolo Young. Yeah. Bolo Young. He, he was like the the classic, like, early 90s, like, uh, bad guy. Yeah, he was fucking tough as shit. Yeah, I think he was in this one, too. Like Black the, Rain. This one I don't remember. So it's, uh, yeah, I, my, I've told my family I was going getting sent to Japan for my first duty station. My dad, oh, fuck yes, man, you got to watch this. That's where Black Rain happened. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and ironically, what's crazy, though, like, like when you see him fly in, the sunsets, the scenery, it, it still looked like that a little today honestly like no shit yeah. this was probably if you want to understand an idea of what japan looks like this movie is still very the 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 taxis or the honchos as they're called they still look fucking identical to the shit in this wow. movie wow wow okay. kate capshaw now the wardrobes hey. have updated no one's walking like <laughs> yeah 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 sure but as far as the the buildings and the scenery i mean it's 
Although some of the wardrobe in Black Rain has probably just come back of cyclical retro styles. Yeah. Oh, leather is very popular in Japan. There are a lot of leather shops. A lot of a lot of people wearing biker jet. They have those scooters because a lot of them can't get full on driver's licenses uh -huh. until they're like twenty four. Oh, let's turn it up. I want to hear this. Trail of a killer. God, I miss these trailers with that voice. Michael Douglas in his prime. From the back alleys of Manhattan. Well, our victims are certainly Yakuza. From the back alleys of Manhattan. Back when they still called it Yakuza. Yakuza. Oh, baby Andy Garcia. We'll take some of the heat for this, but we're not taking the rap. Look at those curls. So that guy there, he died immediately after this film. He was dying of cancer while they were making it. Oh, wow. And he still, he didn't, no one knew. He did all the fight scenes. Wow. All the, and he did the stunts on the bikes that they do, too. It was sad, man. Yeah, that guy right there. He was an up-and-coming Japanese actor, and this was his big breakthrough role, and he was dying during the filming of it. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That guy there. Uh, it, go back, Hilton, if you don't mind. Go back, uh, maybe, like, the... Uh, okay. Hold on. Oh, okay, never mind. That dress looked very similar to the dress from the beginning of... It was the black version of the dress from uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, did you see there was a scene where he struggles eating with chopsticks? <laughs> of course. Oh, man. They're like, look at this dumb whitey with <laughs> chopsticks. Yeah. Something tells me we should cut our losses and let the locals handle it around here. I can't go back without him, Charlie. What voice was Andy <laughs> Garcia doing? Yeah. Come on. Trying to act Italian. Oh, goodness. This is a Ridley Scott joint. You have no part in this. I am the Classic 80s stomach punch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, this looks wild, man. That was such a trope in the '80s and '90s. Was just like ask a question and then and then punch you in the stomach. Yeah, yeah. Torture. Uh, you method. ever been punched in the stomach? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been a minute. I, I don't get punched a lot. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, especially they pop you in the liver. That's like your whole body just. Ooh, yeah. The the that little time painful. that uh, when a uh, friend of the show, uh, Jason Hammy Snacks, uh, Jason Hamilton and I lived together, he was teaching me some boxing and um, I got real good at that lower hook. And he was like, God damn, bro. He's like, you may not look strong. He's like, but I would not want to get punched in the liver by you. Right. <laughs> and I was like, well, now I know that that should be my go to if I'm ever in a fight is like, I'm going straight there. <laughs> yeah, uh, my buddy, he he, uh, his brother did hockey, and he taught him how how they did it, kind of like in that movie Goon. Yeah, and he's like, pull the jersey. Yeah, over. he's like, you could do that, like without not assuming you're not on sky eyes. But he's like, just get get up, try to like get, especially if they're wearing baggy clothing, just pull up and then just wail. I was like, that's it's mean. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, but it's hockey. That's what we do. Yeah. Like, Goon was a good movie. Did you ever watch that? No, I never saw Goon. Jay Baruchel made that movie. Okay. The first one was amazing. The second one, it's Kurt Russell's son plays the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm wow. pretty sure okay. Jay Baruchel directed that I've never seen either movie. of those. Huh. Uh, and it's uh, Sean William Scott. Yep. Is it Sean William Scott? Sean? Yep. It's wow. it's like Slapshot, but a little bit okay. less acting, more fights. 
That's oh, can you I pull up like it. the info on it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, oh, sure. Sorry. I just want to see the box. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Liev Schreiber. 2011. Wow. Oh, yeah. Liev Schreiber. Look at him. Look at, look at old uh, Sabretooth. Uh, written written by Jay Baruchel. Okay. And Evan Goldberg. Okay. Eugene Levy, too, huh? Uh-huh. Cool. Got to get some Levy in it. Levy If you're going to make a Canadian-esque comedy, you're going to get some Levy in there. That's mm. how that works. Yeah, get some Levy on you. Hey, uh, you got some? You got a little levy on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pick and plug it. Should we? Yeah. All right. Picks and plugs that we do at the end of each show where we talk about stuff that we're into lately. Uh, just uh, pick of the week. It doesn't have to be anything new. It can be anything at all that you just want to share with our listeners and make sure that more people are into something that you know is cool. And then plugs, we just talk about where you can see uh, upcoming shows or events or just where to look uh, so you can stay in the know when we have stuff coming up. I'll go first to give you an example. Uh, obviously, the Starlight Comedy Night, what I talk about the first uh, at the end of every episode, and you can see it the second Friday of every month, the Starlight near 11th and Lewis in beautiful Midtown Tulsa. I've got uh, two-thirds of my lineup to share with you this week. We've got uh, Brett Jeffries and TJ Clark coming on February 10th. So come out to that show, uh, and I will have my third comic locked down, hopefully by the end of the day. So uh, follow me on Facebook, and I'll have that poster going out real soon. And my pick this week, oh, crap, did I lose it? Oh, man, I think I lost it, you guys. I had a pick. And I'll jump in. Uh, Go for it. What do you got? Uh, I will definitely say uh, check out The Last of Us if you haven't. That's been really rad. <coughs> um, um, Becky and I watched... Uh, man, we've just been re-watching a lot of old stuff. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I will say... And we didn't actually watch this together, but I gave Pretty in Pink a rewatch. Oh, wow. That's John Hughes, right? Yes. Molly Ringwald? Touch you once. That is a rough rewatch, guys. There's a lot of mild racism in that. Um, Even beyond that. Yeah. um, uh, There's very early on the implication that you are watching a nude high school teen shower. Okay. When Molly Ringwald and her friend are talking about how amazing her body is. We touched on this a little bit last week. I we feel call like that we the, did. I'm we call still, that the euphoria effect. Still traumatized by that. Yeah. Um, and there's a few other ones that are really weird in there. Um, and then uh, uh, we started uh, we started doing a rewatch of Peacemaker. Okay. Uh, which, if you haven't given that a shot yet, um, if you liked the the second Suicide Squad, the good one. Yeah. If you liked that fucking watch peacemaker because it's so goddamn funny uh it's so good like there's just so many new things that we were noticing um last night we rewatched the first episode and at one point towards the end i looked over and i was like god i forgot how much happens in the first episode of this show they pack a lot into that first episode it's just super fun it's really fucking silly um john cena super (laughs) super goofy in it um i think he's great I really do. He's really embraced being just a goofy comedy actor. Yeah. And he's killing it. I'll still still never, I'll always remember him though as the doctor of thugonomics. (laughs) With those fucking jorts. (laughs) He'll still pop in every now and again in those jorts. Yeah. And get, uh, he was getting shit for it recently, I think. Somebody was like, still in those jorts. Or he was the the drug dealer in uh, the Tina Fey movie. Oh yeah, mom, baby mama, baby mama. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh, that's good shit. Um, and then uh, plugs. Stay tuned, motherfucker. We got stuff coming. We got stuff coming. Uh, nothing to say today, but but keep 
keep uh, keep your next week. We'll have something for you. Keep your butts locked. <laughs> Got something for you next week. Hey, lock your butt. Jesse, where can folks see uh, see you? Per- you got any performing dates? Um, up? I know you're thinning out your calendar because you're getting ready to do a little. Uh, yeah, I'm about to, about to about go out jet for setting. A, yeah, for a little bit, but uh, I think next uh, it's next next Friday actually. Uh, Hunt Club third. Uh, yes, the and February third. Yeah, that um, uh, Devo Dustin Devore is uh, promoting a showcase at the Hunt Club. I believe uh, we got a few. Uh, I think he's got. One out of towner person that I haven't really met before. Then he's got a few others, but I think I'm one of the openers for that one. Nice. Um, again, re- at the uh, it was Cellar Dweller on Sunday nights at eight thirty. Uh, Starlight Hunt Club on the Wednesday rosters. Uh, those are the mics you're you're frequenting. Yeah, those are those are the three ones I try to hit. Starlight is nice. is the hard is the hardest one for me to hit, just because if I'm if I'm not working. Like the only reason I was not at this one last week is because yeah. uh, I had a show with uh, Roscoe. Sure, but it normally like st- those are the when I tell people the mics to go to, I Seller Hunt Starlight. Those yeah. are the three best. They're the most consistent ones. They're the hosts are the most uh, aware there. Like I've been to other open mics and it's like um, it's like a substitute teacher in an ISS classroom. <laughs> it's like. Um, Anyone got any control over this? Because yeah. it's like those three mics. It's like five minutes is five minutes. It's yeah. not you're not going over. Yeah. When we light, you wrap it up, or we're just going to turn the mic off. And I, I I think a lot of hosts are scared to do that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, is those those three have been going on for a minute. They've got good hosts that are they're actively involved in keeping the show on track. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. I was going to say. I, I think something that gets forgotten is um, that. You know, even though you're trying to have fun, uh, a show has to have a certain amount of structure, yeah, yeah. Um, or else it just doesn't work properly. Well, it, exactly. It, it turns. I've seen some of them. It it feels like I'm in the fucking opening scene of Roadhouse, where yeah. Yeah. there's just no organization. There's people yeah, playing yeah. fucking pool. You're like, who's the fella runs this shithole? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like for if you're trying to make it an opportunity for or to share that it's an environment for people who are debating about getting into comedy and they walk in and see this. Yeah, no, they're they're yeah. gonna walk around. They're gonna like, I'm just gonna keep being a slave to the system and just part my artistic button for another year till I get depressed enough to want to push it again. You know, right? <laughs> like, well yeah. said. Yeah. yeah, well said. Uh, what about picks? Anything you've been watching, listening to, enjoying lately? Uh, for music mainly, music's always the hardest one for me to try to get into. Like the last. Last new band that felt like it was a breath of fresh air for me was Greta Van Fleet. Okay, I love how they sound like Led Zeppelin, but are not because I'm sorry, Boomers. I, if I hear fucking Black Dog anymore, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, oh no, man, I, I feel that way about a lot of songs. Like, oh. and honestly, that's such. I agree 100. Every that. time I don't ever need to hear that song. Again. Every time yeah. Sweet Home Alabama comes on, yeah, the second he goes. Turn it up. I go, turn it off. <laughs> yeah, that uh, for for movies, uh, I'd have to say that new Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy movie that's okay. come out where he's a... Uh, you people? Yes, yes, that looks fucking... Because Eddie Murphy is out uh, of all the comics. Like, he's my favorite because the man... I, I, there's stuff where if I hear him sing, I know it's him. Like, we were talking about voice mm-hmm. recognition earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
he's done, he can act. Like my one of my favorite eighties action movies is Forty Eight Hours. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I love yeah. that movie. And then his that's comedy. another one where like if you break it down, it's not a good movie. But man, is it fun to watch? Yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah. fun. That was most of the most of my favorite movies from my childhood fall into that category of like if you really break this down, oh, it's yeah. not a good film, but it's fun. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I'm glad you said Jonah Hill because it reminded me uh, I just watched Stutz, which is his documentary on Netflix about him and his therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that if you can sort of turn your cynicism off for a minute and uh, really give it a shot, um, I found it pretty profound, actually. I found it really yeah. um, uh, really interesting and not necessarily going to like change anyone's world necessarily. Uh, not to say that it's impossible because there's some... Yeah. I gleaned some pretty cool stuff from it. Um, but overall, I just thought it was a really cool idea. I thought it was... Um, interestingly put together. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really emotional. And that's uh, on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, yeah, had me uh, had me doing some real tears. Oh, wow. Uh, some oh, big yeah. ones, some big crocodiles. I just love seeing his evolution because my first mm-hmm. ever deal was super bad. And I mm-hmm. love that movie. That movie was mm-hmm, so yeah. fucking hilarious. And then now it's like he's changed. Like he'll do these dramatic physical transformations for these roles. Yeah. Like one move, one year he's he blows up like for Moneyball. Mm-hmm. Then he lost it all for a what, what was he it? Talks, Chan- he talks about that a little bit in the documentary about. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I deeply identify with Jonah Hill on is uh, growing up a chubby kid and the insecurity that comes along with that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, being in a spotlight like he was at such a young age. Because my introduction to him was his role in Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Uh, sure. Even before Superbad. Yeah. Um, so when Superbad came out, I was like, oh, that's a fucking that's a funny kid from uh, Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I there's a couple things in this in it that that I personally deeply identified with and i think that's part of why i enjoyed it so much um my my dad has parkinson's um and uh dr stutz has parkinson's and so some of the conversations that centered around parkinson's um i found you know pretty uh, affecting um and then of course like i said with uh the the growing up a chubby kid and all those insecurities i deeply identified with that too but even if you don't i just think it's a really really interesting movie um it was a, just an inter- interesting idea um, and very uh, hugely vulnerable, you know, okay. movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good uh, shit. I Make it sad at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's why that's my favorite celebrities or athletes are the ones that they, they break down, they put aside their facade and they have like a real one on one. Like uh, my favorite recently was Tyson Fury. He's the okay. WBC heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. And he's very, he, he, he'll, he'll talk to you about his mental health struggles in person or, and he's done it on TV when he's supposed to be promoting a fight. And it's like, wow, not only are you a badass, but. You're a bigger bass because you're human. <laughs> because well, you're vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, I think vulnerability is one of. I mean, and it's been said before, but vulnerability is one of the most brave things you can do. Oh is, yeah, is, is being vulnerable. And it's something that so many people have failed to show. Uh, <laughs> you know, going back to the beginning of the show tonight, uh, where we talked a little bit about um, uh, image and uh, the things that you do, like with uh, virtue signaling and and, and mm-hmm. showing to be about just doing good deeds, is that. The moments of weakness, moments of vulnerability, these we don't always see that these happen to everyone because so much for so long we only saw the best of people, whether mm-hmm. it was through mass media and movies, television, uh, the news, filtered versions of exactly, yeah. or on social media where now we just typically share the best parts of our lives. Damn. And we have seen in recent years a good change in that where 
people are sharing their vulnerability, uh, talking about things like therapy openly, talking about mm-hmm. things like being on medication to uh, monitor your mental health. And not shunning people for seeking those out, too. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Being I've tried to stay another. consistent on social media by just posting as little as humanly possible in general. That's great. So that yeah. nobody can say, like, oh, you only post <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing. But, um, no, you're absolutely right. It's... it's uh, I don't know. It's, it's progress. It's good stuff. I'll share a pick uh, that I've been super excited about, the one I was hoping to remember earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did is, you find it? I have a new one. Uh, I don't often share books. Uh, <gasps> I do a lot of comics, but I'm reading a book that doesn't have pictures uh, this week. And we don't have anybody here who's angered by the thought of reading. Yeah, that's true. Do uh, what? We don't. Do we? We don't. <laughs> that was a that was a Cam and Ryan thing. I think. Cam, oh yeah. Cam tried to go on on a bit about. Uh, Pretending reading. to hate reading yeah. and uh, just really went hard in the paint. And yeah. we were like, okay, buddy. <laughs> uh, but I'm reading uh, The Man Who Broke Capitalism, uh, How Jack Welch Gutted the Heartland and Crushed the Soul of Corporate America and How to Undo His Legacy. Boy, oh boy, do I like some of the words in that. Right? Uh, it's by New York Times writer David Gellis. Uh, and it is all That's about a good writer. Jack Welch's rise to power in the 1980s and the impact he had at GE and the greater impact it had on corporate and business culture in America. Mm. And, and I'm only about 10% of the way through. Thank you, Kindle, for telling me how far into the book I am, by the way. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, I've already learned quite a bit. Like in. Uh, just in in consuming social media, especially on uh, certain leftist corners of TikTok, you see this narrative about the damage done to our society, our culture, our politics, and our business landscape in the 1980s. Reagan is blamed a lot. Deregulation it's the greed is good era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Deregulation is blamed a lot. And and although that seems to make sense. Um, I, I, I want to think on it beyond just because I saw it on a TikTok. I want to know why. You mm-hmm. know, I want to know what changed in that era. So that when someone says, well, why did Reagan ruin America? I can be like, oh, this is why and not just because, you know. Because <laughs> Jack Welch told him to. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Which is not entirely wrong, by the way. I know but, it's not. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's, And that's the nice thing is this book is giving me a lot of like very clear delineation. Like the the just to give you one very basic example, how GE um, had a, was was one of the trendsetters in establishing things like um, profit sharing, health insurance, life insurance, uh, strong time off policies uh, for its employees. And one of their very first slogans even uh, reflected that, saying that like like together we build the better world or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was. It's a total paraphrase. It's not verbatim. <laughs> Please don't unionize. Yeah. <laughs> right. But no. But it was. It was like unionization. Like, but in corporate culture, it was giving them the things they would get from unionizing without without. Having- having the them to union. Need it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when Welch came in, he really made big changes there and shifted the focus from the employees to the investors. And he went in, uh, and this I'll get to my point, with the idea that they would always make a profit. And that was uh, antithetical to business philosophy at the time, which was that there are times of growth and there are times of, you know, um, uh, reduction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just natural. And Welch kind of said, no, we won't settle for that. And and in learning how, I'm, I'm expecting that I will learn some of this damage that the title claims. Absolutely. So I'm excited about it. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, well, Jesse, thank you so much for coming and doing the show. Thank you all for uh, having me. Follow Jesse on social media. Double L, double T. Go hit the Hunt Club and sell a dweller. <laughs> go see him on stage. And uh, when you get, because you, you're going off, you're going to go fight for our freedoms. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, then freedoms. whenever I get back, uh, cracking out the eyeliner and my suspenders hit Hell the stage yeah. again. We so. didn't even touch on oh, the yeah. eyeliner. Uh, yeah. We, 
Your style choice has 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 what's it has has hit a nerve yeah. here in Tulsa. Folks are loving that. Well, it's um I got uh, when I first start, I'll keep it short real quick. But um I I realized that I'm not the only. You hear my voice. I sound like people listening to this think oh, they got Sam Elliott on there, right? But it's uh, my. You hear my voice and you think like fuck this dude's from the country and it's my family is I'm not. Okay. I grew up. I, honestly, my friend and I, we would skateboard. You that uh, redneck city boy? Yes, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, like John Travolta and was uh, that staying alive or no? A cowboy, oh, urban, urban, cow- cowboy. urban cowboy, urban yeah. cowboy, and uh, staying alive. That's how I first. Started, that was how I first started doing my shows. Is I was like, oh, because I, I I was only I was only performing at Cellar. There's no rednecks that show up at Cellar. Yeah. True story. And so that's why they love me. And then I was like, oh, I'm a badass. I'm gonna be on a Netflix special. And then I go to <laughs> I go to uh, Starlight and I go to other play. I'm like, wow. Do I, I need to update. You learn different rooms work differently. And then oh, I yeah. then I learned then I met uh Maverick McWilliams. Sure. And at Oklahoma City. Yep. You, you ever you ever met someone who's a better version of you? <laughs> yep. That's what it was <laughs> like for I me. Need. That's what it was like for me meeting him. And his jokes yeah. were very similar to what I was trying to go for, but his were way better. Yeah, yeah there's be- several funnier versions of me yeah and so i was like shit so i i went to virginia for a little bit for a vacation and i had like an identity crisis my like, i've got it i've got to make some updates i gotta make some alterations because i don't want to be pegged with all these other people what can i do and i was sitting at home watching tv i was like ink master edward scissorhands i'm like what is it wait a minute and it was like a light bulb went off i'm like right. what did dave navarro johnny depp have that I don't, besides a ton of money and badass guitar playing and acting skills, <laughs> eyeliner. Yeah. And then I was like, their war- choice of wardrobe. And like I heard Dave Navarro said that they were interviewing him. And he's like, why are you like this? He's like, oh, because I can and you can't. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, bet. I can just add that little Conor McGregor egotisticalness. Add, sprinkle that on there. And then, so that's why I, I kind of like have a split personality now, like uh, to get me in the mindset of when I go up there and do it. And then I, I it's bit me in the ass sometimes where I'm like, okay, I got to like, you're, you, yeah. you work a nine to five job. <laughs> I, I just can't wait till, till it's uh, evolved to the point where you, you talk like this and then you get on stage and you're like, hello, it's me. <laughs> Put on an Jesse affectation. You will it. Well, I wa- Prepare for jokes, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, I wanted to talking like Doom guy. I wanted to do <laughs> like know. the Undertaker for an intro, but oh, shit. Israel Adesanya he did it and it botched. And I was like, fuck, that's still too relevant. <laughs> yeah. And so what I did, I ripped off Conor McGregor. I hired a uh, Missy's uh, friend, roommate, Jamie. Sure, uh, Jamie. Ma- yeah. she, she's, she's very professional singer around town. She's won a lot of awards. So I was like, okay, we're, I told her, we're ripping off Conor McGregor's 2015 entrance. You, you, can you sing Sonette O'Connor? She's like, oh yeah. He's, I'm like, I just need you. Uh, like, here's $30. Just learn the first minute and 30 seconds. That's all I need. And I was going to get a fog machine, but the fog machine didn't happen. But it's still, <laughs> <laughs> still, that's what I did for that's my fun. intro at my last showcase. Oh, that's great. That I love the, the juxtaposition of that and then being like, so what's the deal with toasters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, like Man, cats are it's weird, like, huh? It's like the thing that follows is is almost never gonna reach the hype of the intro when it's stand up comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Oh man, that's so funny. Well, what was weird about that one was I was expecting it to be a showcase, and because Roscoe said, "Oh, it's just a roast," and I didn't think it was going to be like Brian Bizjack's roast, oh, where yeah. it's like people are like tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. And my family is here, and I, my grand, I used to be very paranoid about my grandmother coming out. She's going to hear me talking about me owning a glass dildo or people <laughs> getting getting 
throat fucked and now it's like whatever but it was just it was an hour and a half of people just railing in on me and my my mom's like what did you do to these people i thought you said they liked you <laughs> why are they friends, so mean right? to you yeah. that's so funny that's a roast man why well, are they being so mean to the magician <laughs> <laughs> why are they treating the magician so poorly? that's what yeah. it was to the chris angel looking motherfucker in the back <laughs> Oh man! Thanks, Thanks again for, for coming. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Yeah, we'll and you guys, you guys you're you'll be lucky if you see us again. <laughs> That's not true. I know. Take it from me, I love you. <sighs>